And we're back to the content of um, how to start a business or how to um, really what step is first, what step is second, what you need to worry about right away and what can wait. And so today we're going to talk about um, some of the most basic foundational things. And by most basic foundational things, I mean, what do you even, where do you even start? Where do you even begin? When you're thinking of starting a business or trying things out on your own, it's often tempting um, to just go ahead and start an entity of some sort, whether it's filing an LLC or a corporation or uh, whatever. Oftentimes, folks think that that's the first step. In reality, it's like the 10th step um, because before you actually create an entity, before you file an LLC, there are so many different things that are that should be done that are much more important, uh, but they often get overlooked for whatever reason. So um, today I want to go over some of those things. And next episode, um, next week, you will have a um, entrepreneur in action um, interview with someone who's very special um, to me, and I'm sure you'll enjoy an interview with her. So stay tuned on that. But today we're talking about the first step. And so what is it? What is the first step? Well, there are actually a couple of options that you've got. And the reason that there are options is because um, oftentimes, depending on what your situation is, that first step can be slightly different. For example, if you're just starting a business from scratch and want to just, you know, check things out, try things out, test the waters and think, see how it goes, if there's even a demand for your product or service, uh, then you wouldn't necessarily hire an attorney, for example, or hire an accountant before you even begin business. However, um, if you're starting a franchise opportunity, for example, you um, take one of the bigger companies, you know, fast food, most of the local stores, the stores that operate in your in your town are generally a franchise. So people or person got, you know, collected some money or whatever, got some money, saved some money, bought a franchise right, the right to operate under this business model, under this brand. Um, often franchisees have to purchase um, supplies from the franchisor as well. So that's certainly an option to start a business like that. And we're not only talking about fast food, we're also talking about service businesses, like for example, a dance studio. So for a good friends of mine are actually opened a franchised dance studio in my town about 12 years ago. And so it's really that not easy, but it's possible to, to do something like that. However, um, the first step in a franchise w agreement or a franchise um, setup would be to figure out what the initial costs of the franchise are, what the ongoing costs are, what are the limitations, restrictions, and pricing, and um, also probably get an attorney to review a franchise agreement so that it's fair to um, to someone who's opening a franchised business and buying, paying um, royalty or initial investment or whatever it may be to the franchisor, to the company who's giving the right to operate under its name. 
So in that case, it's going to be slightly different, right? So you will most likely need an attorney to, to do some legal work and contracts. You will most likely need a pretty hefty sum of money. Um, about a decade ago, I heard that, let's say McDonald's, I don't know whether it's true or not, so I'm not going to um, really tell you that that's what it is, but I've heard it's it was a rumor of speculation that McDonald's would not give you a franchise uh, option, right, uh, rather, if you, for example, only were buying one franchise location. McDonald's wanted people to buy several at the same time, and so um, you would need to come up with, with a certain amount of money to have in the bank to get it started, to get it a place, to, to get renovated. And interestingly enough, McDonald's was not in the business I don't know whether the situation changed now, but it was not in the business of fast food. It was in the business of real estate. And the reason is that McDonald's company have has owned um, quite a few locations, pieces of land for future franchises in different locations across the country and the world. And so whenever a franchisee, a potential franchisee would approach the company um, they would already have a location in mind and typically would have to sell or, or lease that location to the franchisee, the person who's opening the franchise business. Um, another situation that you can have is, for example, when, you, when you're opening a a, some sort of a patented product or process or whatever, most likely you will need an attorney in the beginning. And that attorney would potentially prepare applications for patent application for um, to kind of patent the whatever it is that you are patenting. And so in that case, your first step would probably be looking into how much that attorney would cost, what would that look like, how much time it would take, and what protections it provides. Um, certainly not an entity um, choice is not the first item on the list in that scenario. Uh, one of the most important steps somewhere in the beginning, and like I said, it could be first step, it could be second or third step, depending on who you are and what your situation is. And so I believe um, that business is personal. So whatever we do, whatever we create, we always have our personal financials or our lifestyle or desires or dreams or whatever it may be. We have those in mind. And typically uh, we would want to build a business that's strong enough to support whatever it is that we aspire for. And so normally for a typical small business, so a mom and pop shop, maybe a little service business, maybe a flower shop, maybe a liquor store, maybe a, um, a freelance designer, marketing advisor, or whatever, for all of those, normally for the small, small guy, and by Small, I mean, um, just starting out, not really um, a lot of capital necessarily available to invest in the business. And um, a small person like that, um, kind of just starting out at the in the first chapter of that business, maybe even in an introduction or even forward, um, typically would start with making sure that they understand the business model of the business that they're trying to start. A lot of entrepreneurs I found actually skip that step and because um, it seems like um, they just kind of 
go towards a vision, whatever that vision is. And typically, one of my clients actually once said, told me that accountants like me or whatever, accountants in general don't start businesses. Visionaries do. And what he meant by that was that we accountants, we run the numbers in two seconds and we're like, oh, that doesn't make sense. We don't even go there. Whereas um, visionaries push hard to make their dream a reality, make their dream dream business a reality, push hard um, and live off of that energy that their, their vision of the future, their potential um, provides for them. And so this episode, I wanted to focus on kind of giving you a mindset shift a little bit. Don't focus on necessarily the name. Don't focus on necessarily the type of entity or um, the minutia stuff that can be figured out later. Focus on the main stuff. And the main stuff is making sure that your business model is solid, that you understand what your cash flow will look like, how much money is going to be coming in and how much money is going to be going to be coming out every day, every week, every month, every year, whatever the frequency is, that's step number one. It applies equally to franchises. It applies equally to uh, potentially high re- capital requirement businesses like opening up a store, physical store, maybe renovating it. All of those things apply to every single business that someone can start. And so my suggestion would be to really start with understanding, okay, how am I going to make money? Who is going to buy from me? Who is that person? Um, it's many people in one person, if you know what I mean. It's a, it's a type. It's a psychographic. Where are they in their journey? What do they need? What do they struggle with? What is their pain point? And so once you figure that out um, and you're clear, maybe your customer is the earlier version of you. Maybe your um, customer is someone you've grown up next to and never want to be. Whatever that is, you have to understand why that person will buy and why they will buy from you. How are you different? You don't necessarily have to be cheaper, but you have to be different. My preferential um, preference, I guess, for that is really understanding whether you're going to be the cheapest person on the block, whatever you're selling, or you're going to differentiate yourself on value. Remember that Apple doesn't care what other people, other companies sell their computers for, right? Computers, um, tablets, cameras, telephones, whatever. They set their own stage. They set their own rules. And so similarly, you need to be crystal clear on what your business is going to be like. You're writing books? Okay, great. What's your plan on how to sell them? Writing and publishing a book can be expensive. So how? what's your plan on how to bring cash inflow? The cash outflow is more or less known or can be ballparked quickly, fairly quickly on a piece of paper. But the cash inflow, that's a question. Is your, in, in order to bring, is it the scenarios that, that in order to bring 
cash inflow from selling a book, a fiction book, for example? Do you need to spend money on advertising? And if so, then your costs go up and the equation changes, right? Also, you need to understand whether or not your customer pool is, is, is um, limited. How, what is your business model in a sense of, will it be a repeat purchase? Will it be an initial purchase of a unit, for example, as a, a printer, let's say, and then further unlimited lifetime purchases of ink? Or will it be one one-time purchase like an estate attorney, for example, where estate attorneys who do only, let's say, wills and trusts, I mean, they do get sometimes trust fees and so on and so forth. However, um, if they only focus on estates, for example, and wills, it's a one-time fee. And then they're back in the hunter's seat to bring in more projects. And that's not something that I would want for myself. And I certainly don't want that for you. So I would love for you to be able to build a business model that's solid, that allows you to not only have one-time um, revenue, think a state attorney, right? Preparing a will, but also uh, recurring, some sort of recurring fee. And so that can be um, something else. Maybe the state attorney um, sells a legal plan and collects, you know, sort of like a membership setup. And then um, if a person needs representation or maybe filing a little petition or something that's included and then everything else is at lower rates or some kind of setup like that, something that allows um, you as a business owner have a mixture of one-time sales and recurring sales. Recurring sales alone, just the recurring sales is also not a great thing because without the balance of the one-time versus recurring. And the reason is that when you have only recurring fees, your income is sort of predictable. Well, unless there's massive exodus of, um, of customers from out of your business, there's predict it's predictable and it's, it's really hard to grow it um, without spending any more resources, let's say, for example. However, when you have one-time fees, like uh, maybe a, you know, for an accountant, um, tax planning fee or um, a setup fee for something, let's say some sort of a scenario or entities need to be set up and cash flow, inflow, outflow has to be set up. Maybe that's the one-time fee. So when you have recurring fees, you know, you can predict not only your money coming in and out, but you can also predict your time. And so that becomes extremely important because Let's say you have a little time and a project comes along, one-time project comes along, you look at your schedule and you look at your revenue and you say, oh, okay, I can actually spend a few hours, a few days on this project and I can get a nice chunk of money. It's worth it. I'll do it. Or I can do it right now because I'm really busy. So either I'll refer them to somebody else or I'm going to tell them that they'll have to wait. Whatever the situation is, having a solid business model is critical. Um, as a starting point of anyone who's starting a business. And so don't get focused or hung up on what entity should I be? Sometimes that's a too premature of a question. First, who's going to buy from you and why? And can you make money in perpetuity? Or is it um, a quick jump and then plateau or worse, 
um, a declining hill or whatever. So you need to be crystal clear on that, whatever you do. And it applies equally to services and product businesses as well. So that's it for today. I hope I gave you some food for thought. And if you'd like, jot your answers down on a piece of paper, maybe your journal. And you can also share and email me at Tatiana at TatianaSawyer.com. That's the domain name is Tatiana, T-S-O-I-R.com. All right. I'll be waiting for your email. Otherwise, I'll see you next week for an interview with a really cool person. Talk soon.